Welcome back to another episode of the White Tail Bloodline Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin Sauters, and I got a good one here for you guys today. I got Angelo back on here from Illinois to talk some turkeys. We obviously talk about some white tails. It is the White Tail Bloodline Podcast, but uh, we talk quite a bit about turkeys, what we're expecting. His season just opened up. He's going to be hunting for the first time this weekend, and uh, I'm going to be hunting for the first time this weekend as well in Kentucky. So we talk about that, talk about our game plans, what we're expecting going into it, some of our tactics for turkey season. But like I said, we obviously talk a little bit about whitetails, talk about some land management, and just talk about some some hunting stories and hunting in general. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Stick around for a while, and it's a good one. What's going on, brother? What's going on, guy? Not much, man. Just just chill, ready to talk some turkey. Oh yeah! Thanks for having me back on. I'm excited. Yes, sir. To, excited to get to this. Uh, get to this talk. So uh, let's just start off hot and heavy. When did when, your season already started? Right. Yeah, started Monday, so April 11th. Uh, April 11th to the 15th is first season, and then we have a total of five seasons. Really? It's, like I mean, like Illinois. It'll, it'll end, then it'll have like a no season period, then it starts again. So. For us, you can either use shotgun or a bow. There's no sort of distinguished season until you get yeah. to fall. Um, it's sort of, I mean, Illinois' layout for their seasons is sort of ridiculous, but uh, um, I didn't create the regulations, unfortunately. I'd give us a whole month if I could to hunt. Right. But yeah, so if you're not a landowner in Illinois, basically you have to apply for a season, five of them. Um, and two out of the five, I believe, are during the week. So, I mean, if you're a weekend warrior, you're not doing those two seasons. So, yeah, pretty sure out of luck there. Yeah, exactly. But how's the how's the concrete jungle been? Anything wild happened? Nope. I try to get out of it as soon as I can. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee <laughs> so that. I'll, I'll be leaving uh, Thursday night. I'm gonna be hunting Friday morning. And then, hopefully, if I don't get one, if I don't get one Friday, I'll go back out Saturday. Heck yeah! And say we're our season starts here in Kentucky. We're going out of state for the first time chasing turkeys. But uh, like we were talking about, we got that little private chunk. I'm excited about the homeowner. He yeah. says there's turkeys, and then like I sent you some of them pictures. Just how those fields lay out, and even though this property's not big, they mm-hmm. kind of have to go through that property at some point. Exactly. I mean, it looked like it was sort of like a low low point with the field. Um, yeah. Like, like a like a funnel down into it. So. Yeah, and then I like I told you, there's that you one, guys. Yeah, me too. And there's that one spot where the fence is down. It's like a panel fence, so like deer can't get through it, turkeys can't get through it without jumping it. Mm-hmm. So, but that one corner in it, fifty yards away, is that hay field. So, and just how the landowner, I've been talking to him. He says they cross that field and head down towards the, that bottom. And there's a spring that goes down that bottom. Yeah, he says they always hang head that way, so they got to be crossing that fence. Just just like deer and turkeys usually do that, they'll usually go either way to go to a low spot in the fence. What's their uh, shooting time in Kentucky? Are you half hour before sunrise to to win? Yeah, I believe it is half half hour before sunrise or after sunrise. I don't, what is it usually? I, just I think it's before. I think half hour yeah. before, and then I mean for here it goes to one o'clock, so I can't hunt the afternoon. I'll have to look at that. I'm not even hunting Kentucky, so I haven't looked at the regulations as much. I'm just filming, dealing the whole weekend. Oh, you're just filming the whole weekend. Gotcha. Yeah, we're just going to try to get us a bunch of good uh, good footage because I'm our best filmer on the crew. 
<laughs> and, and Dylan, this is his first year turkey hunting, so I'm going to make sure I actually like sit right next to him just to talk him through the little movements, like not the jerk and all yep, that little yep. stuff. Because turkey hunting is a lot different than deer hunting. It's easier in a lot of ways, but it's also harder. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a battle back and forth. It's just a chess match. That's all it is. Yep. Uh, so right. you have you have a couple new guys going with you? Um, as of just one, it's just me and Dylan. He's his first time ever turkey hunting. He heard his first gobble like when we went and scouted the other day, like two or three weeks ago. And yeah, that's our plan. We're gonna hit that private Saturday morning. Hopefully, we smack one that we can take the rest of the day off, and then we're gonna go try to chase some of them uh, ridge roosters up on the public land. Public land hunt, nice. Yeah, I got a, I got a buddy coming down from or coming across from North Carolina. um originally from michigan he's never never turkey hunting before he's just a big big bow hunter for for whitetails i'll be having him coming down the end of april to see if i can get him on on a gobbler so he's super pumped he's been sending me like a bunch of videos him watching like hunts on youtube and shit like that so yeah that's what i've been doing trying to break out the calls i'm I'm a slate guy i don't know what you use but like slate's my go-to I do everything from I do more of the diaphragm calls and then I do the box call as well. I haven't yeah. I haven't dabbled much with the slate call. I use I call it a slate call, but I actually I prefer crystal, like a crystal pot call. Yeah, that's my yep. that's my my favorite. I've just been using that for years, and that's what I'm the best with. Like I picked that up, took me about one minute, and I said, like, "Oh, I'm I call turkey, and I'm ready." But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm using the same the same call I've been using for the past. 10 years so yeah i try to break out the mouth call i'm just not very good enough if i can do some yelps like i'll do it when they're getting up close and i don't want to move yeah. with a box or a box call or a slate call but yeah i'm just not good enough to do all these purrs and these other things people can do yeah when i'm stalking that's what i use just because it free up my hands a little bit just pop in the mouth and start doing some yelps and stuff like that but for the most part, I'm on the box. Uh, in the morning, I'll use the wing. I'll take the wing out a little bit to simulate like them flying down from the roost. Yep, I've done that before. I got. I haven't done it in years, but I swear it works. Like, no. you ever use the an actual like gobble tube or whatever they call them? No. I used to use that all the time. I'm probably gonna buy another one just because for some reason when you can't get them fired up, you do that gobble. It'll get them mm-hmm. the gobble back a lot of the time. I I mean I swear by the wing. I mean I I've never used one. I watched, you know, Will Primos, you know, hunt. Mm-hmm. I have him on VHS back in the day. I've been oh, using yeah, that wing too. in the morning or even using, like, the, his hat. Yeah. I live by it, man. It, I remember it when that wing thing came out where the, you, they had, like, the adapter where you could put your wings in it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I grew up, man, was watching the Primos. Yeah. That's honestly where I got a lot of my, my turkey knowledge from is watching the Primos. I had other people I'd watch, but those were my turkey guys. Like when turkey season came, yep. went and watched the Primos. I mean, when he would do that owl call in the morning, I'm like, damn, I want to be, I want to be him. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's nothing like it. Oh, he's one of the founding fathers of turkey. Will Primos, man, he definitely speaks the language. Yeah. He's, he's a legend. But, uh, I mean, yeah, in terms of calling, I sort of like what, I don't, what do you normally do? So let's just say you're going into Kentucky. Are you going to go right to a spot, or are you just going to wait on the edge, listen, and then make your move? What are you going to What are you going to do in terms of that? For this spot, I think we're just going to get in there pretty early. Honestly, I was thinking I went and took down a, my blind from my deer hunting property. It's not mm-hmm. good turkey hunting. Went and took that down today. So Friday, I'm going to get off work early and 
probably going to run down there and try to get out there pretty early just so we don't catch him heading back to the roost because we don't know exactly where they roost yet. Yeah. You know, like a g- general area. Probably pop that uh, blind up in a spot right there in that bottom. And then first thing in the morning, we're just going to sneak in that blind, put some decoys out, and mm-hmm. listen where they're gobbling. If they're, they're not gobbling right there and they're maybe gobbling somewhere else, this property ain't very big. So you can only go to a yeah. couple spots, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's our. We're just going to set up these decoys. We got some brand new AVNX decoys. I bought oh, a nice. real strutter fan from a guy for 20 bucks that lived out there by my mom and dad. So I'm excited to do that. I'm honestly probably going to be super extra and go buy a motor. You ever seen those strutter motors? Yeah. I, I, I just mean, think it'd be a, a game changer. Have yeah. that turkey coming up and spin him one time, and he'd have to come tear up the decoy. That's what <laughs> I want. I want him to ruin that $130 decoy. I mean, I see all that footage of these toms just coming in and just absolutely destroying these decoys. I'm like, damn, I've never had that happen before. Yeah, neither they have usually, I. They usually don't make it to the decoy in time. Usually I'm too antsy <laughs> and I pop a shot off real quick and get them. But. Yep, exactly. But yeah, man, I'm excited. So what's your, what's, your, uh, what's your plan? Like, what kind of turkeys are you hunting? Yeah, so ours are just basically ridge, ridge gobblers. Um, I'm going to probably be going in, so like I said on the last podcast, you know, I'm kitty corner to my family property. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to hunt the family property Friday. I sat out uh, this past weekend on my property, saw four hens and just a shit ton of deer more than anything. And just nothing was gobbling on the ridge. So You saw I a deer with still holding antlers, which was pretty wild. Yeah. They're holding like, one side. I'm like, what the? Yeah, that's crazy, dude. The small eight with the... Uh, with three doe he came across um but i'm thinking of hitting the family property i'm going to go into probably the edge and just listen so the way that i grew up was we went into our you know our hunting blinds our huts that we have built out there and we just waited you know yep and then over the past couple years i've sort of waited on the edge listened to where they're at and then i make my move just because i'm hunting by myself so that'll probably that'll probably be the game the game plan for this weekend uh saturday i'll be having my girlfriend with me so i might have to change it up a little bit yep and And you you you've had this family property for years so you probably know a general area where these gobblers are probably gonna roost right exactly i know where they're gonna be coming from uh we have that sanctuary property right next to us bordering us that's where they're coming from i mean they're all up in those oaks across the ridge and usually they're going to be flying down into the field and i'm hoping to be on that other side of the field waiting for them so just depends yeah. on the weather. I mean, it doesn't really affect the turkey much, but I hate sitting out in the rain. Yeah, that's why we're probably going to go pop, a, pop, pop up a ball line just in case because we got some rain this weekend in the forecast, and especially Monday because I might take off Monday if we haven't got one yet. Yep. It helps sit in, a, sit in a blind and stay dry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like getting my guns wet. Exactly, just, yeah. That's no, just a pet peeve. <laughs> Yeah, especially I'm using my dad's nice uh, 935 Mossberg, and it's nice. pretty new. It ain't getting been shot too much, so he'd be pretty butter if I brought it back all rusty. Oh yeah, I mean I'd be pissed too. I'll be using my Weatherby that I bought, I think last year for goose. Um, okay. gonna put the choke on. And I'm gonna be using some Federal Premium rounds. So yeah, if I just put a new choke in there, I got a Kicks choke. My actually my dad got a Kicks choke for the gun. And, Went and shot that to see how it was patterned because we just had a modified in there, which obviously ain't going to be that good of a pattern. No. And we switched that, and it's way better. I was shooting his shells. He shoots, and it's shooting a little left, but it's definitely going to kill a bird. Like, there's a lot of BBs in it. What'd you, 
what did you put in? A full choke? Uh, it is a – I honestly don't even know what it's called. I'd have to look at it. Let me look what, why it's sitting here. It's a – Improved cylinder? Yeah, it might be improved cylinder. It sits out, like sticks out. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you you'll you'll get them. I mean, you get them within thirty yards, you're fine. Oh yeah, I, I think especially with the, the bullets I'm shooting them heavy load. Uh, some, what are they called? Heavy load magnums or something? Yeah, those things are freaking wicked, dude. Yeah, like I posted beats. this one video, it only post sixty seconds. I posted a little while ago, and you can see when that heavy shot hits it, it like makes the decoy do a dance, makes it back jump oh, yeah. backwards. You doing three and a half inch or three? Yep, I'm rocking the three and a half inch. Holy shit, your shoulders throwing some lead, dude. <laughs> my shoulders always good. My shoulders always fine, but I'm using this stupid freaking bead, so I got to get my cheek up on the gun, and it yeah, my cheek. My cheek has been legit bruised for like three or four days. Yeah, it's all right. It's a good story. Good story yeah, right. comes from it. Yep. Oh, you should have seen Dylan. He's never shot a turkey load before, and we had three and a half inches, so I was in his head super bad, messing with him. Like, dude, I don't know if your shoulder could handle this, bro. I was like, oh, I don't know. Just getting in his head, messing with him. He, he won't goes feel sh- it. No, yeah, and he goes to shoot it first shot and shoots like below the target because I was in his head too much. I was like, dude, they don't kick that bad, does he? Like, no, it's not near as bad as I thought it was gonna be. I was like, he he kicks, but... anticipated the kick. But yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if you get a gobbler coming in, he's not gonna feel anything. That adrenaline's nope. gonna be pumping. I mean, for deer, I usually don't recall the shot. No, nope, that's it's... why people get busted with their scope and they don't even realize it for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how we just sort of black out after yep. making after making that shot. Yeah, it is really crazy. So, uh, what's in your turkey pack? Like, what are you carrying around? You carry a vest on you. What's it like when you're turkeying? What do you got on you? Yeah, so I'll I'll usually carry uh, I carry a crow call, Primo's crow call, just uh, if they're not gobbling. I also carry yep. like a squealing rabbit. Because there's been numerous times where I'm out there and I get a coyote coming in, and I'll, I'll do damage to a coyote any day. I don't care if it, for me personally, if it messes up my hunt, if I kill a coyote, and that's going to save a ton of ton of animals out there. So I'll have one of those in in my pack. Uh, yeah, I'd kill a coyote all day, every day. Even oh, if yeah. it goes in between me and a fourteen, okay, maybe not fourteen inch gobbler, but actually, yeah, yeah. I'd probably still shoot that coyote. Honestly, yeah. I hate coyotes; yeah. they do too much damage. Exactly. I mean, it's it wouldn't ruin my hunt. It'd be a successful hunt, in my yep. opinion. And I've never shot a coyote. Yeah, I've uh, I've taken one with a bow. That was about it during early early bow season. Yeah, I've only seen two wild hunting, like in my entire life that I can recall. So, oh, you'll see. Them. Like you'll see them when you don't have a gun or you don't have a bow. That's when right. You're <laughs> Yeah, I swear. Like, we, my dad was going to the property, driving down the driveway, and one busted out in front of him, and he smacked it with his Glock out the window of our property. <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah, smack him, pa. I hate them such bitches. I'm like, yeah, me too. Kill my farm. But I got a story about coyotes. We'll go a little bit off off of off no, can... a little bit. But yeah. I used to – I trapped quite a bit. And, you know, my mentor, he was just a neighbor of ours. <laughs> he was – he just grew up trapping his whole life, so – we got a coyote on one property. We get into the truck. We're driving down the road, and a coyote's running parallel with his truck. It's probably about six o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and he starts sitting up in his steering wheel. And he's like, "All right, this guy wants to dance, so he's getting on his wheel." <laughs> he's chasing down this coyote. He ends up hitting it in the head. We get two coyotes in a matter of like five minutes, and that—that that was when like fur was expensive. I mean, yeah. you're, getting, you're getting some good money for fur. 
Mm-hmm. So he, he had to hit the coyote perfectly so he wouldn't mess up the pelt. And he hit it right in the head. It was just, it was great. Hey, that's shooting right there. Yeah, that was a great story. But uh, in terms of what else I have in my pack, it's literally about it besides my diaphragm calls. Um, what kind of diaphragm call do you use? I, know you I have, had it for a long I have time. basic ones from Fox Pro. I okay. use those. I, like I said, I don't use them much unless I'm taking a stock on a gobbler. I'll just pop it in my mouth. I can even, I just do it like, I think I sound good just doing it with like my mouth, you know, without the actual call, but I don't know what it actually sounds like, you know, (laughs) to the actual turkey. Like you hear wild turkeys and they do some noises like, what the fuck's that turkey doing? So you you know what I mean? I mean, so I, I feel like I put something out there and I feel like it's attractive to them, but who knows? Mm -hmm. I could be saying stay away for all I know. Usually, if I, I'll hit that slate call early in the morning, like right when it's that blue light, mm-hmm. strike that, give it one good yelp, and it's rare as shit that I don't get a gobble off them slate calls or glass call. I always call them slate, but how many? They just kill? one reason I like. I've only killed two turkeys, but I've called in shit a bunch for other people. Yeah, when I was young, called in a bunch of them, and my gun was off, and I didn't know that until like four shots later, <laughs> something got messed up on it. Like, oh, dude. Yep. When I grew up in Virginia, man, that was some good turkey hunting, but it was just like stupid things happened where I didn't end up capitalizing. Yeah. I mean, like it one story is kind of cool. Me and my dad, I don't remember if you remember this, uh, the old pretty boy decoy is like one of the first strutters that came out. That was like a good strutter. And I, I don't, I started using decoys maybe, uh, I'd say maybe eight years ago. Yeah, oh yeah, this is a long time ago. I think it was yeah. like the Night and Hail guys. I think that was like oh, their yeah. like the thing they used. Mm-hmm. But uh we bought that and it comes with this orange carrying bag because it looks so realistic back then and like people weren't used to it yet. And my dad goes yeah. and hangs this orange bag in a tree like hundred, two hundred yards just in case anybody was walking up from that way. And little do we know we're sitting there and it's gobblers fired up. We're sitting uh, on these two properties that converge. We can hunt deer on one and we can only deer and turkey on one then we can only hunt deer on one and uh they converge and it's a bird sanctuary that the guy has just not doesn't allow you to kill birds so yes. obviously we go sit right there on the lawn mm-hmm. and we're calling this big old gobbler to this day top two or top three big gobblers I've ever seen he's coming up this old logging road on a cutover it's so thick other than where they bush hog this road and he's coming up higher and strutting gets over the hill and does that like pokes his head up. he's like oh like when they when they see something it takes off running the other way yep so i'm like what the hell was that and i walked down there after sitting there for a while and looked back towards my dad from where the turkey was standing and right over that pretty boy decoy that orange bag was like looked like it had a hat on his head oh my god so that turkey looked at that decoy and could see that orange <laughs> 200 yards orange behind him folded. yeah he probably thought it was deer season or something he's like oh yeah. shit, that's, that's a yeah. hunter oh, wrong, wrong property <laughs> But yeah, and then that's actually that same day that gobbler left, and then I scooted a little closer and started calling again and called in eight jakes to about 20 yards and missed three times. Those are, those are fun when they come in. Oh, they were fired up, man. They're all strutting right in front yeah. of me. I, I was a young kid, I was like 10, 12, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, my gun was shooting three feet left and two feet low. What? Yeah, on iron sights. It was just that load of turkey shell for some reason. Because we like we sighted in with different bullets and then shot those bullets at the turkeys and it was just shooting crazy. Wow, 
You guys I, had a 20 gauge back in the day. That's crazy. Yeah, 20 gauge is all you really need, in my opinion. I mean, yeah. I'd hunt with a 410 if I could here, but. Yeah. And then when I moved to Indiana, I just got this property and the turkeys are just so damn smart. Like we got this creek that buries, uh, it's like a barrier from where they roost. They roost on the hill and there's a creek on the bottom and they just yeah. rarely will ever cross that creek. The hens will. You can get the hens to cross, but you cannot get them gobblers to cross it for whatever reason. I, I just feel like they've been getting smarter over the years. I mean, yep. I remember when I'd sit out with my dad and my grandpa and they'd gobble the whole time during the field. Now I hear them gobble up in the roost and maybe on occasion when they're in the field. Yeah, I think that's the predators personally yeah. just because that area I'm in, it's highly pressured with predators, bobcats, coyotes, yep. foxes. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't blame them, but sort of. It sucks on our end because I feel like I'm just calling into the <laughs> yeah. into the woods and I'm not getting no response. So yeah, that's how it was for this one. You that you'd get them on the roof, they'd hit the ground, maybe gobble a time or two, and then they'd shut up, mm-hmm. and then they'd just sneak up on you. I don't know how many times I'd just be sitting there about ten o'clock, not thinking anything's coming in, catch something quarter of a mile, like fifty yards in tall grass, and then look for them and it disappears again. Oh yeah, you put your head down. You look up, nothing's out there. You put it down again, and you're like, where the hell did he come from? They're so sneaky. It's crazy. But yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I, people ask, you know, why, why do I turkey hunt? You know, a lot of people that I talk to, they, you know, enjoy deer and stuff like that. It yeah. just extend, it, it extends my season, man. It's another yeah, thing exactly. to look forward to. Um, do some scouting, sharpening yeah. skills. Exactly. It gets me into the woods. That's that's why I do it. You know? Yeah. And that's what Dylan said. He's super excited for this turkey season because he's like, dude, I've never been out in the woods this time. He's like, it's kind of crazy. I'm like, it is pretty weird if you've never done it. Sitting yeah. there hunting in the, in the spring. Yeah. It's it's a great experience when you, you're sitting there and you hear the whole timber wake up. Yeah. Like, oh, the birds yes, chirping. Right. Yep. Like, yeah. They're, honestly, there's nothing, nothing like a spring morning. It's pretty wicked. And then you get a nice sunrise too. You get like that mm-hmm. blood, that blood red sunrise, man. I mean, I, I didn't, I don't have to harvest a bird to be at peace and be happy with where I'm at. I'm like, man, there's yep. nothing like it. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Should be yeah, a hard experience man. for him. Oh, he's gonna love it, and that's gonna make it more fun that me and him are gonna be together the whole time, getting that camaraderie filming, yep. and hopefully I've. I'm pretty confident, man. I'm like, oh, you might want to call it cocky. I think we're going to get one. I really do. I've never even spent much time on this private, but hearing how this landowner's talking, and yeah, I think we're going to get it done. I mean, you have to sort of have that mindset going in. I mean, if I were yeah. to have the mindset of not getting a bird, I wouldn't be uh, looking forward to it. So I'm a big believer in confidence kills. I usually say deer, but confidence kills animals, man. Yep. Like, how many people you know during deer season after they miss a deer and they're all getting sourpuss and they're like, oh, I don't want to go out no more. I mean, can't, I'm, can't kill them on the couch, man. Exactly. I mean, none of us like to send away an animal. I mean, mm-hmm. either you miss it or you put a bad shot in it. No one likes that. I mean, I'm yes. going to go to bed feeling like crap. But, I mean, I'm going to go back out there and improve and make those adjustments to not do that again. Most likely I will down the road. I mean, it happens to everybody. Yep. Oh, you're going to miss, dude. I've missed so yeah. much, so many yeah. deer. Like, I've oh. missed a couple turkeys and uh, 
it just gets in your mind. You don't want it to happen again. So you think yeah. about it harder. You think about what you're going through. That was like that buck I shot this year. Like the year before, it might have been two years before, I missed mm-hmm. the, the biggest buck I've ever shot at because I got buck fever and I was shooting way in front of this buck, probably shooting three, five feet in front of him like I was aiming in front of a cheetah on a full sprint. Wow. Just because that buck fever didn't expect him to bust that, he busted out. And then this year, that buck come running across, and he's 150 on a trot. I'm like, you cannot miss this motherfucker again. It's probably your one opportunity. <laughs> so I was like, I aimed, thought of, thought of Chris Kyle, aimed small, missed small, and I let him fly, baby. Exactly. I, I've never taken a shot on the run. I've, I've never experienced a deer drive or anything like that. So yeah, hearing, hearing, hearing stories about that, it's it sounds completely different than the way that I, I grew up. Yeah. yeah, that's almost like one thing that – I'm kind of glad I grew up doing that running dogs and doing deer drives with buddies when I was 10 years old. Like yeah. I killed me and my buddy. I grew up with a kid named Mitchell. Shout out to Mitchell Watkins. He, uh, he had a good property in Virginia and we just went free range. Two kids, like 10, 12 years old, just learning the outdoors, man. And we're like, Hey, let's go push these trees. And you're like, All right, let's go push them. He pushes them and jumped up a doe. I had a 30, 30. I shot this doe like three times, miss, 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 and then finally smacked her with the fourth one. But how, I mean, how many people could say at the age of 10 and 12, they're out doing deer drives with their buddy? Dude, yeah, I was thinking about this today. <laughs> Me and him were building, I can't believe we did this shit. It's like crazy. We're building wooden tree stands. And like, I don't even know if I would climb them to this day. And I was like 15 or 14, 13. And like, dude, like the spacing between these pieces of wood was like four feet. I don't know how we got up there. But we just had a passion for it. Like, if you ever look at my old YouTube videos, he's the one that's in them with me. Like, dude, I, we were diehard when we were young kids. And then as I started getting my early 20s, I lost it. And now I'm getting it back again. But it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, you see those old pictures of like old stands. I forgot who was posting. I think Meteor might have been posting some like old, yeah, old they had a or something like that. Yep. I'm like, oh shit, I wouldn't go up into that. How long? Yeah, I got some... How long what have you, you been doing this? In terms of you know the social media aspect, I've always wanted to ask. In terms the social of... media aspect, like actually doing hunting, um, yeah. I think I'm going on 11 years when I was doing hunting videos. Wow. But I died off. Like, I was a diehard about it from probably, shit, I got to think of the age, probably like 15, 14 or 15 is when I started. I mean, I've been filming animals since I was six or seven, though. That's amazing. So I've always had a camera. Like, first time I ever got my first kill was with an iPhone, holding it in one hand, holding the crossbow when I was like 12 years old. That's what <laughs> did that, and it got me hooked. I mean, I got such, I got really, really good video that I could have posted on my YouTube, but I'm just, I don't want to post just like good hunts. I want to post the kill shots. And then yeah. I had some SD cards that I've lost throughout the years and stuff. And That's amazing. I didn't, I don't even think I owned a phone 11 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy, man. It's just always been my biggest passion. It's always one of those things where I was always like, man, I would always love to have a dream in the outdoors, but I never did none. Yeah. And now I'm just kind of going for it. Not, not going for it like super hard right now, but no. trying to get a name out there, trying to get us out there, talk to people. Like, would have never met you if I didn't do this podcast exactly. and stuff. Exactly. That's the one thing I love about this. Yeah. On the other podcast, you know, everyone in my family gets worried about, you know, putting your name out there or, you know, telling people what yep. you have and what you own. You know, we're a very superstitious family. But without doing this, I mean, I've met so many 
so many awesome people that I would never have met by not doing social media. So yeah, I'm that. learning that the the outdoor industry and the people in it are just the hunters in it, man, are some of the best people out there. Like, yep, these connections I've made with the guys just in the past year, like you, to the all the full draw full draw assassin guys, mm-hmm. like Chris Miller, dog trackers, like it, it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. We're going to do a, a show next year in Indiana and might have to make your way down there, bro, and come hang I'll, out for the weekend with the White Tail Bloodline boys. You give me the uh, the weekend you're doing it, I'll make the drive down. How far is it from Chicago? Honestly, not bad at all. It's in Indy. Oh, yeah, I can make that drive easy. Yeah. Okay, we we all share, uh, we'll split a hotel, get two or three beds. And it, it'll be a good time, man. I think we're going to do a booth next to the Full Draw Assassins. Like I like I was telling you, my dad's a wood guy, so we're gonna have a badass booth. We're not just gonna go out there with a couple tables. We're gonna Except, make it official. Like some of the stuff that I mean, I was looking at your your recent story of that call. I'm like, damn, I wouldn't even know where to start where to make a slate call like that. I'm like, I don't know how he's doing that. <laughs> he, he does box calls. Like he's just that's what he's done his whole life. He's been in the wood industry. He was the like a general manager and a manager for wood fixtures for years. I don't know if you know what that is. For wood wood fixtures, yeah, it's like uh, like a Coles, like everything you see displayed, like the cashiers, yeah. everything the clothes are on. They built that, and then they would go build uh, it in the stores. Gotcha. And he gotcha. he ran like the whole, uh, like each the branch he was in and stuff. And now he's like semi retired. He got in a real bad wreck like nine or ten years ago. Shattered his femur. Got hit by a dump semi truck. Oh man. So, yeah, he's, like, kind of semi-retired now, and he's just opening up this wood shop with his buddy, two guys, and the two woodcrafters is what they're calling it. But, yeah, he's doing turkey calls. He's in the middle of doing, like, a huge table right now, kitchen table, like $6,000 pine table. Oh, man. Yeah, like anything you think wood, man, my dad can do it. If he wants to sell turkey calls, I'd be uh, willing to get a slate call. Heck, yeah, man. I'll have to tell him. He's yeah. going to Utah right now. He just finished up these three because he knew I was going out this weekend. But, yeah, I'll definitely mm-hmm. get a hold of you. And yeah, he can do I, just about anything you can think of. I love like, that stuff. Homemade, homemade, uh, homemade stuff. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it sounds good, too. Look, here, I'll, I'll get it going for a second. All right. Not bad. I got a scratch. I'd be, I'd be coming in full. That. I'd be coming in full strut for that. I don't know. Oh, I'd be drumming. <laughs> We're in pretty boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So both of us, we're gonna get after some turkeys this weekend. Yep. I'm. I'm uh, you know. What do you I'm, think your percentage is? How hopeful? I'm, opti- I'm optimistic. That's uh, a good we've, do, we've been doing a ton of a ton of work out there. On yeah, both I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, we've been clearing a lot of brush, a lot of, we've been putting in trees. I put in 300 last week on my property. I'm going to be putting in 200 on the family property this weekend. Uh, so I don't know how much, you know, us being out there is going to be affecting the, affecting the turkey. So I don't think it messes with turkeys like it does deer personally. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I was, I was out there. So I, I picked up a roadkill if you saw the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, I was cleaning out the, my dad was cleaning out the deer and there was a hen turkey right there as we're cleaning it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't are weird in that aspect. Like, yeah, they just don't care sometimes. I honestly think she came back and ate like the, the seed and everything that was like in the stomach. 
because I went I, I went back right after and it was like clean and I saw hmm. her getting up like from the brush right next to it. So yeah. I don't know, but yeah, I would say my odds for this week probably sixty percent. Hey, I like those odds. Yeah, I'd say that's about what I'm thinking about sixty percent. Yeah, we don't know about this prior, but we went and scouted it, but we didn't. We went midday, so we didn't hear no turkeys or nothing. His kid was riding his four wheeler side, little little ranger side by side, so obviously a turkey wasn't going to be in the field. Yeah, but just the way he's talking, he's like, "Dude, they're always here." I was asking, "I was like, you ever hear him gobbling in the morning?" He pointed right to the right of his house, and he pointed right to that corner. I was like, "That's all I need to hear." <laughs> but he's a cool guy. Pointing in the like, direction. Yep, he's a family friend of Dylan's, and nice. He's got permission of that. So, either way, man, like you said, even if we don't kill him, being out there with your buddy, the great outdoors, just enjoying life. I'm, I'm yeah, excited I mean, for it. A little I mean, break was, from reality. Exactly. I was supposed to bring out my little cousins this weekend for the Friday hunt, but they got they got busy. So, I'll be solo hunt on Friday, and then, like I said, should be a uh, an experience having having the girlfriend out there. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have a busy three weeks because this weekend in Kentucky might stay on till Monday. And then uh-huh. the next weekend is youth weekend in Indiana. I'm going to take my nephew out. Nice. Take him out probably just Saturday morning. He said he has to hang out with a buddy in the evening. I was like, that's cool, man. I like, I'd rather hunt turkeys in the morning anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the next, that next Wednesday after the weekend is opening of Indiana. So that I'll be out there. I don't know if Dylan's going to make it out there with me or not. I don't know if he'll be able to get off. So, he, hey, if he's not, I'm going to smack that gobbler on his property. Sorry, Dylan. What What do the seasons look like in Indiana? Is it like a full a full four-week season? God damn it. I want to say. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's four weeks. That, that pisses me off. Every other state around Illinois has like a straight, you know, season from, you know, start to end. <clears throat> yeah. You guys have a bunch of just like – funny laws like that like i've never even heard them other than illinois but i think that's kind of those states over there like yeah. i think kansas probably does too yeah we're a funny state unfortunately but you you what do you think about do you enjoy your season starting when it does or would you rather it be later oh or no i love it early uh, yeah I feel like, you I got feel like, like a rocking time i feel like it's rocking just about everywhere yep. right now. i feel like the beginning of april is when they're starting to go um, I've been seeing the fields, they're out full strut, they're all packed up, so, yeah. Yeah, I've been seeing a bunch of them in Indiana, like, today, driving out to Mom and Dad to go get that blind and stuff, I saw turkey in three different fields, one was strutting with about, I, I saw one strut, I couldn't tell you what the other turkeys were, and then, like I said, it's all two lo- lone hens and stuff, so, they're mm-hmm. definitely out there looking. I mean, I was talking to Oak Tree Dreams up, uh, in Wisconsin, I honestly started. thought about getting him on here with us, but I didn't didn't hit him up. Uh Drew Drew's a good guy. He's yeah, he I seems met, like he's met, a good dude. I met him up at the up at the Dells for the open season expo. He's an awesome dude, but I think they their season starts like two or three weeks after ours does or Illinois does. That's Indiana. Indiana doesn't start till shit two weeks from now. Damn. Yeah. Two I, weeks from Wednesday. I feel like I always miss it. You know, the whenever I drew the later season for Illinois, like the fourth season or fifth season, I, I felt like they were never vocal. They were never coming into the decoys. Yeah. I felt like I always missed it because it was happening so early. 
I think they're doing that for Indiana to get our population back up. Could be. That's the only thing I could think why they're doing it because, honestly, I think it's working because even a few years ago, like right when I moved here, turkey hunting was good for those two years, and it went downhill until probably about a year or two ago. And I think it's just the population got so bad, and then we were overkilling them. But I'm seeing turkeys everywhere in southern Indiana now, like everywhere. It's it's one of the – I think it's one of the best conservation sort of success stories, you know, for oh, Illinois yeah. and for the Midwest. I mean, the turkey was non-existent. Mm-hmm. You I know when that was? I think it was like the 50s, right? Ah, uh, I can't get Might have been. Honestly, I think it was later than that. I, I thought it was later. I think it was like 70s or 80s. Yeah, I was going to say but... 70s, but – I mean, whatever they did, I mean, they released, they figured out that releasing the actual birds in general was going to be, you know, the best, best way to get the populations up. Yeah. Um, but man, that would there's... be, a, that would be a cool job, man, to be in like the conservation for like the NW National Wild Turkey Federation or something yes. like that, where you're in those programs where you're actually doing something, you know what I mean? Those are, yeah, those are my sort of dream jobs. I'm attending a, yeah. a Zoom, Zoom, uh, meeting i think next tuesday with pheasants pheasants forever they're gonna be talking yeah they're gonna be talking about quail and uh turkey habitat so i'm i'm a member of illinois pheasants forever so that'll be uh, exciting to see what they say in terms of things that i could do to increase the the habitat potential for turkeys and quail i've never seen quail in illinois but really we don't have any pheasant here i think our closest pheasant or Actually, we have pheasant on both sides of us, which is weird. We might have them up north, though. I bet I could see us having them. You'll, up north. you'll hear them. They sound like a damn rooster in the morning. Yeah. We we used to have a bunch of quail. Not a bunch, but every summer you'd hear them. Do, you know the quail sound? You ever heard a quail whistle? Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Damn good. Hey, I've heard it a lot, dude. I used to sit there and call them, be sitting on the back porch of mom and dad's, and you would never see them. But like, dude, that thing's got to be 30 yards away. I'd never see them, but I'd sit there and be whistling towards them. It's a fast, fast-ass bird, man. Yeah, it scares the shit of you. Pheasant's even worse, walking, kick no. one up that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll wake you up in the morning. Dude, did you see my story of last year's turnips? Mm, I probably did. Bro, they're growing back. Really? Yeah, it's an, an annual plant, and they're growing it out of the, like, the turnips didn't get eaten, Yeah, uh, a bunch of them, and it is growing a new top, but the weird thing is it's growing, like, thicker and more full than it should. It's the weirdest thing, yeah, dude. Just leave it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm dumbfounded. When I was, like, looking at it, I was like, oh, that's a weed growing up. I'm like, that looks exactly like the turnip when it pops out. When did you put it in? Fall? Yeah, I put it in fall. I mean, and the weird thing is the ones that are, like, mushy, nothing grows at it. But the ones that still have a little, like, thickness and hard to them, they're almost every single one is growing a new turnip top, which I honestly need to talk to, like, an expert about it because I've never, ever heard of anything about that. I've, I've never heard of anything like that. Usually it's a one and done. Yeah, it's happened on huh. both my turnip plots, too. The one on my actual parents and on the neighbors that I put on. So, Well, whatever, weird, you're, doing, whatever you're doing, keep it up. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're doing something, but, right? Yeah, I went down there to grab that blind and was looking at that. The, the clover and chicory that I frost seeded, it's just starting to pop up where you can see barely popping up. So I'm going to have to go over that pretty soon with a herbicide, selective herbicide. I've never even done a selective herbicide, so that'll be a first this year. 
Yeah, let me know how that turns out. You know how I'm, yeah. start, I'm starting with uh, plots this this coming fall. So yeah, I'm, yeah, always, I'm always look I'm always looking for pointers in terms of that. Yeah, I'm uh yeah I'm gonna I still can't decide, man. It's so hard to decide what type of food plot you want to do. It it's a crapshoot because you don't know what they're gonna like. I mean, yeah. They'll come I'm in. more and more every year. I'm more and more belaboring clover than anything. Yeah, it benefits. And I'm going less on brassicas. So much. Yeah, and less on brassicas. That's For whatever true. reason, honestly, this will be my first year ever doing like an actual soil sample, mm-hmm. and that that'll teach me a lot. And that could be my problems. It could be super acidic or something, so they won't eat the bulbs when they're ground, but they eat the greens because they'll yeah. eat the crap out of the tops and the, the green but they just don't they'll eat a little bit of them but they just don't touch it like you think they would and that could be why they're re-sprouting you know, honestly i have no idea i've I never heard of that i'd have I to ask them yeah but I, uh so you're not rocking many decoys are you uh <laughs> i have i have eight do you um i don't use them all i they're I mean, I just have them just so the family members could use them if they need to. I normally take – I don't take one out that's strutter. Yeah, this would be my first time since I was a kid using an actual strutter. Like, I've, I've used that half strutter, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. I've used I have, that. I have that one. Um, I, say I have the one that everybody has. I can't remember what brand it is, but everybody has that decor. I, yeah, I bought them so long ago. I think I got it at Farm and Fleet up by us. It's just yeah. a, a store that has random stuff, but I'll bring out a smoke phase one that was white, and it I can't find it. Huh. Which I've never heard many people talk about it, but the Drury Brothers were the, were the ones that endorsed it, and they they said it's scientifically proven. It's like some UV paint that I guess the turkey see in that UV. Really? Yeah. So I mean, I've used it. Killed my last turkey with it. Yeah. I, mean, I think I, it's just good for a vocal point. Like, a turkey's going to, like, see white. Like, what the hell is that? And he'll look at that, like, oh, that's a, that's a pretty-looking white girl. Yeah, it's the visual. That's what I figured out, you know, probably eight eight or ten years ago. I just bring out a hen. I bring out a couple couple jakes. Um, and I bring out another hen that's sort of, like, lying in the grass. Yep, yep. Little that's, that's, hen. that's all I really do because I want that gobbler to come in and kick some kick some ass basically so i i i like to put the younger birds out there that's just yeah just the way i do it i don't know yeah we got that strutter but it's uh it's the avian x lcd like life creation i don't know something about being lifelike and yeah. it's 35 percent smaller than a real tom just so it's not as aggressive yeah <laughs> I mean, i'm excited man they, they look good he sent they, a picture of them today he blew them up they look good. He's got that in the feeder hen. I was gonna. I might end up buying one more as we go out there. Just buy that breeder hen, like you said. I think yeah. that once the tom comes in, and, and like that property we're hunting, we kind of have to use decoy because they might cross in that one spot. But I don't think they would want to cross the fence just to calls. I mean, you know, they're gonna know. they're gonna want to see something. It's just like a buck coming in. You know, yeah. you're grunting, you're yeah. rattling, and he's not seeing any action. I mean. I wouldn't come in either if I didn't see anything moving. Yep, exactly. I, I mean, do you ever change sort of the, you know, the pitch or the sound of your call as they're getting, you know, a little bit closer, you sort of a little bit less loud? Yeah, I'll do that. Because, like, I'm big on if, – if they're on the roost, I usually try to get as close as I can to them turkeys. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's my goal. And then I'll usually – 
wait for them if they're not gobbling, then I'll I'll get them gobbling. I'll start doing some some real light little purrs and a yelp 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 mm-hmm. like the turkey's yep. just waking up, and then do that quack 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 quack. And then like you said, oh, yeah. sometimes I'll hit that fan like with, when they fly down, they do that with the wing. Yep. And I'll do that, and I've had amazing success doing that. Amazing success. Like, I haven't shot too many turkeys, but I've called in a lot of turkeys. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i tried to bring my sister out, you know, for turkey. It's frustrating because when I'm sitting by myself, I'll call in gobblers left and right, get yeah. warm, and that's it. And then when I have someone come out with me, I do everything the exact same and just nothing happens. And I, I'm like, I don't want you to get discouraged. Like, it's usually not like this, but sometimes it does happen where we don't see anything. <laughs> yeah. See, in Indiana, I've only hunted turkeys on my parents' property and my neighbors that used to own it before they moved away. And those turkeys were just so smart. And then my buddy took me on this one farm property. Did, I, did we talk about that story last time? Uh, I don't think we did where I was, like, walking across the field, and he was already strutting in it. No. Yeah, we get to this property. It's out in uh, Paoli, Indiana. Big ag country. Huge cornfield right in the middle, and then some trees on both sides, and it goes to mm-hmm. big grass field on the other side of the fence, and he's got a blind sitting there. And we're walking across, got in there a little late. Like, we're getting in, like, where it's that, like I said, or that blue light where you can mm-hmm. see, but you can't really see. Yep. And we're looking. I'm like, dude, I, I swear there's a gobbler over there about 100 yards from the blind. And he's like, nah, I don't know. We start getting closer. It starts getting a little more light as we're walking across this huge field. And then we noticed it was. And we're like, oh, I think that's a jig. Just looked real small. He's sitting there strutting in one spot right on the edge of the, the trees. And so we don't even make it to the blind. We pile up in this little tree line that's three trees like wide, if you know what I mean, on a fence line. Yeah. And we're sitting there with all of our decoys just waiting for his turkey. And he, Starts mowing his way across, going across the, the whole field. And this field where we're sitting tired, and then it slopes down. It's got some rolling hills going towards the middle and then going towards the side. And uh, this turkey's make, working his way away, and he's like, all right, let's, let's move his blind so you can call him in. I'm like, no, nah, dude, I'm fucking going for him. He's like, dude, he's a really good turkey. And honestly, I can't believe I did this. <laughs> I mean, it worked out, so I'm glad I didn't listen to him. But he's a really good buddy of mine. Uh, he's been turkey on for years. He's in his yeah. 30s. He's like, all right, dude, if you want to. I'm like, give me a decoy. I'm going for it. So he sat there. I grabbed his little hen decoy and army crawled all the way up to the top of the hill where he was in the bottom on the other tree line because he ended up working his way all the way across. Yeah. And uh, he's sitting there, and he's walking back and forth. I'm like, shit, I don't know what to do. So I get that crawl up as far as I can, stick that hen decoy right on the top of the hill, and I scoot over to the tree line, and I scoot back just a little bit so where I'm aiming, I can see, like, if he mm-hmm. starts coming up the hill, but I can't see to the bottom where he's at. And right about that time, I poke my head up just to look, and, like, I don't even know, three to six hens come out right in the corner to him, start getting him fired up where he's doing that dance, walking. Like, he's not strutting at this point. He's strutting a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but he's dancing, running around him like a like a teenage boy, and then my buddy starts calling. Yeah, yeah. He turns his head, heard that, and must have thought it was a joke or something because his hands just met up. And he said, oh, nobody's stealing my girl. <laughs> the only thing I noticed, he's like, where the tree line is, it's a little higher, and then he has to run down the hill and come back up to me. So I'll lose sight of him when it hits that bottom before yeah. he makes his way up to me. And I'm aiming. I'm like, oh, shit, he disappeared. Damn, I see him come running at me at, like, fired up like the coolest turkey hunting experience i've ever had where he's like 
kind of bristled up running, you know what I mean? Redhead, just pissed yeah. off, right? Pissed off, he's running up there. Yeah. And uh, I get the gun on him. He had those heavy shot. That's the reason I shoot him, because he had these on this best turkey gun I've ever shot. And I'm like, I think he's about 40 yards, maybe 50. Hey, I'm going to let him fly. He said this gun will hit him to 60. So, boom, I pull the trigger. He's running up to me, catches me off guard. I pop my head up to see if I hit him, and he's flopping. I go running and didn't realize it was about a 60 to 70-yard shot. Holy crap. Craziest shot. Looked at this turkey's head like I had to go step on his head to make sure he was gone and, uh, and everything. But, dude, I think I must have hit him with one pellet because I got a spot on his head, dude. That's what I was going to say. All it takes is one. That's the thing I like about that shot, though, because it's a four – I think it's a – Four, five, and six shot? I could be wrong. It's That's, three different BB sizes. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, that was the last turkey I killed. And he – we were fired up. We are like, high-fiving, fist-bumping. He's like, dude, I got to be honest. He's like, out of all the – I don't know how many years. I think it was, like, eight years we funded this. He's like, nobody's ever snuck up on a turkey like that on this property. He's like, these turkeys are smart. He's like, that was the most badass shit I've ever seen. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm glad it worked because, I'm, like I said, I'm no crazy experienced <laughs> turkey hunter, but – like sometimes you just get – I'm big believer on that gut feeling, man. Big believer on it. Yeah, I mean, if they're not coming in, you got to make the move. I mean, yep. that's – I have a similar experience probably – I think the last two gobblers I harvested was probably two years ago. I got uh, – I had two tags, and I, I actually, you know, tagged out. I got both. So, you guys get two tags every year? So you could get th- – you could potentially get three. Oh, yeah, you did say it. You guys got all the tags in over there. Two bucks. Three turkeys? Yeah. yeah, potentially, yeah, for for deer, if you play it right, you can get three bucks. But I'll never do that. I only get, you know, two maximum. They have to be mature deer. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you could get three for spring, and then you could get uh, two shotgun tags for fall, and then two archery tags as well for fall. That's crazy. Um, yeah, ridiculous. So I had two that year. And they just weren't coming in, just weren't, you know, gobbling at all. And I could see probably, I would say, 300 yards away. We have a pine mm-hmm. pine tree row dividing our property from our neighbor's property. And they always love to be in those pine trees. There's a ton of ticks. There's a ton of bugs in there. Turkey eat the ticks? Oh, yeah. They're, they're going hey, to town. Speaking of ticks, found the first tick in me and saw the first snake today. Really? I haven't yeah. had a tick yet. This week I I'll have them. Snakes don't bother me, dude. I am such a female when it comes to snakes. Every time this year, I walk across this bridge going to this bottom field that I've, I've told you about, and there's a fucking, I can't tell if they're a copperhead or a water snake. I don't like snakes enough, so I don't get close <laughs> enough to look. And they look dead ass the exact same to me. And every time I just see it out of the corner of my eye, and I'm not even close to them, I'm probably like 10 feet by the time I see them, and I still jump like a sissy girl. And I yeah. talk to myself every time, like, you motherfucking snake. <laughs> every time, dude. I swear it's the same one. I swear. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too uh, worried about snakes. I hate spiders. Ticks. Ticks. I don't mind. They don't. If I have two ticks on me all year, I'm shocked. I don't know whether really? it's whether it's I don't bathe or something like that. I don't. I heard it's blood type. I don't know. Actually, I might have made that up. Maybe that's in my head. I've been saying that for so long. I don't know. I'm. Uh, I, I could see that being like a certain blood type or something because yeah. there is certain people that always just get bit up by ticks. Yeah. I'm O negative, so I'm universal donor. That might be that might be it. I don't know. Is, is a, I think I'm A positive. That's the thing, right? Yeah, A positive is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm A positive. I could 
I could give blood, but I can't receive anybody else's blood besides O negative. So yeah, that's what my dad is. <laughs> that, that sort of sucks for us. It's a pretty good thing, man. Good for everyone else. Yeah, not for us. But uh, yeah, snakes. I don't mind. We don't have too many snakes. It's more like gardener snakes here. Yeah, you know, you're a little colder there. Yeah. But all uh, right, I got a I got a good question for you. Go for it. And if you have any stories on it, go go for it. But uh, what is the longest you've ever seen a turkey in the roost? Oh, that's a good question. Last year, uh, yeah, last year I got into a spot. I get out there real early. I get out there probably about an hour, hour 15 before sunrise, hour and a half. Because they'll start gobbling a lot before daylight. Oh, yeah. yeah, I want to get out there before they even start. So I get out there. I had an idea on where they were at. I sat down, and they start gobbling. I went, oh, all right, here we go. I'm in the right spot. I look up. About six hens above me in the tree. I'm like, God damn it. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm right in the middle of it. Jesus Christ. And then I look across the way, and the gobblers were across the way. Sunrise for us is about 6.30 around this time. Mm-hmm. He, stayed, he stayed into that roost until 7.15. Yeah. So technically, you could shoot the bird in the roost as long as it's uh after that shooting time really yeah for illinois you could shoot the bird in the roost as long as you're over uh past that shooting time that they give you 30 minutes uh before sunrise okay i need to read the rules more man i read the rules a lot when i was a kid but things are changing i need to need to freshen up on my kentucky i'm not worried about it as much just because i'm filming i can't get in trouble for filming exactly i've had dnr walk up on us and he's like it was pretty fun. He was he was about our age. And, mm-hmm. uh, he found us while we were hanging a stand, and we ended up talking to him. He's like, "Ah, oh, well, I got you here." He's like, "You guys got your license?" Dylan gives him his license because I'm filming him. Mm-hmm. He's like, "He's like, you got yours?" I was like, "You don't need my license." Or no, I was like, "I don't need a license, man." Just messing with him. He's like, "What do you mean?" So I ain't gotta have a license. And he started getting a little. I I could see it. He's like, "This motherfucker being ballsy." I'm like, "No, nah, dude, I'm just filming." He's like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm just looking at Paul and him filming." He's like. Seriously, I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You're a diehard man." He's like, "It's too hot out here because this is early <laughs> September." But then we ended up talking to him. Super cool. That was our first running with DNR. Rode in the back of his truck. He drove. We were in the very back of the public, and he drove us all the way to the front and bullshitted with him for forty-five minutes. And this other guy, and he, and we asked him. I was like, "If we want to kill the biggest buck, we don't care what the terrain is. Where do you go?" And he's like, "Right here. If you want to kill one eighty or above, that's where it's going to happen." He said, "Good luck, though." <laughs> probably thick yeah and i like just growing up i don't know it's just i always kind of had a bad not a bad rep i've always respected and everything but i just always assumed all dnr were assholes yeah i mean i feel like they're all hunters i mean they yeah. all i mean they all have that sort of background i've never had a run-in with them my dad has a couple times uh everyone i've talked to since then always super nice great guys yeah just be nice to them I mean, don't be an asshole, and they won't be an asshole back to you. Yeah, uh, that's law enforcement in general. Like, yeah, exactly. The people that get in trouble, don't get me wrong, there's always those anomalies where it's super douchebag cop. Yeah. Usually, if you're polite to a cop, you're going to be polite right back. Exactly. And, you know, I've heard stories where you're speeding, you apologize, you won't yep. do it again, they'll give you a warning. I mean, I've if never you have speed don't have a record. Speed. Yeah, neither have I. I'm just straight up about it. He's like, you know what you're doing? I was like, honestly, man, started going downhill. Did not realize I was going that fast, so I saw you. 
and they appreciate that more than anything. Yeah. Like, a cop yeah. hates oh, a liar more than anything. You lie to him, you're fucked. Like, yep. he's going to take you to jail if you're doing that type of stuff, or he's going to give you a ticket every time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's just, even, that's uh, in general, though. <laughs> don't lie. Don't get me down that road of uh, law enforcement. I, I respect the cops so much where it's frustrating that they uh, are getting the backlash that they're getting. But I'll I'll finish uh, that one story that I that I had. Um, mm-hmm. I was making that that stock on a couple gobblers. They're they're brothers. I saw them before. They have a crazy fan. Uh, where two of the middle ones look like wing feathers. Tell their brothers because they had the exact same fan. Oh, okay. I, I haven't had anything like it. But I snuck up onto them. I basically did what you did. Army crawled probably, I don't know, probably 100 yards to get get a shot off. The one puts up his head. I shoot at him. I hit him. He goes down, and the brother starts jumping on on him. Yeah, that's crazy when he they starts, do that. I've never seen starts it attacking. Me. Flat out attacking him. I'm like, all right, I got another tag. I'm going to. As soon as he puts his head up, I'm going to take him too. I knock him down. I didn't see what size beards they had. All I saw mm-hmm. was red. I saw a red head and fan. That's all I could yep. see. That, that gave me the green light to go. Yeah. You can, yeah. So if you know anything about Turkey, you can instantly tell it was a Miller. Yeah. So I, I drop both. I get up there. And both of them had 11 and a half inch beards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. That's a great day, Turkey. You oh, can't man. be mad. Like, my season's over. It's time to just enjoy life. I'm a bad son, bitch. Absolute beast. I think the one double. The one weighed uh, one weighed 27. The other one weighed 26 pounds. Big birds. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure I weigh my next birds. I've never weighed a bird. I always do the spurs and everything. Like that yeah. last trick I shot ahead, right at an inch spurs, and then uh, right at a 10 inch beard. Which that's, that's a good a, bird. That's for a me. good bird. That's a good yeah. bird for sure. Yeah, uh, and the story like just crawling up and how it happened and. I was filming. I planned on filming everything, but that's the part with filming, man. If you you have to have an actual cameraman if you want to get good footage. Just because then I was like, "Yep, I'm laying the camera down. I'm going after this bird." Yeah, there's so much going on where you can't do it all yourself. I mean, the nice thing about I just bought I got a Tacticam for my birthday, which is which yeah, is awesome. I get one. That's uh, perfect for turkey hunt because it's so usually cool. pretty up close. Yeah, so cool. I think I have the solo, which it's. I mean, it it basically looks like when you're looking at like with your natural eye, that's sort of the zoom that it has. Yeah. Um, but you yeah, see scope mounts. You have to buy that scope mount for, or no, you don't use a scope. I forgot. No, I, mine are just, uh, the bead. That's about yeah, it. Have you seen those scope mounts though? No. The attachment. Yeah. It, a, yeah. It, it looks like you're looking right through it. Right. Yep. My buddy had one last year and he shot at a buck and the footage impressed the shit out of me. It was crazy. crazy. Huh. It's pretty cool. But yeah, but Dylan, Dylan from the Bloodline, he's like you. Uh, he's just always growing up on iron sights and everything like that. And I gave him some scopes this year. And it's, it, I guess it is different. I just didn't never think about it because I've been shooting him for so many years now. And definitely going to have to get him some practice with it because it is 100% different. After shooting these shotguns for these turkeys, I realized yeah. how much different it really is because your head placement is all different. It's, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I'm, I'm an open sight guy. I mean, my cousin – He's the one that's big into conservation and all that, but he's as am I. But he's a big sort of tactical long range shooting guy. So he's he's all with his scopes. He 
figures out all the measurements and everything like that, the droppage of the round and everything like that. Yeah. Him, him with the scope, he is an absolute lethal individual with that when we target shoot. You, yeah, give, you give me open sights for clays and all that, and I'm I'm an animal. Listen to this. All right. I got his drinking buddy. He, he's a drinking buddy. We'll, we'll put, start off with that. <laughs> and uh, we're talking about he knows I'm a shooter. And he's like, Gavin, yeah. he's like, no, I'm a better shooter than you, right? What the fuck are you talking about? You ain't no better shooter than me. I'm like, I'm a very confident person, but when it comes to shooting, I'm real confident. He's like, dude, I'm the best iron sight shooter that you know. I was like, you might be. He's like, you want to make a bet? I'm like, yeah, let's make a bet. He's like, I bet you I can use an iron sight after 200 yards and beat you using whatever gun you want. I'm like, whatever gun I want. And he's using oh, a, like a Mosin Nagant. It might not be that, but it's like an old school gun, which they're accurate. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But he's like, you can use any gun you want. I'm like, any gun. I'm like, you know my dad's a gun buff, right? He's got like a bunch of guns. He's like, dude, any gun, 200 bucks. I'll bet you. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, I'll take that bet. I'm just going to grab my dad's 308 precision rifle where there's, if I lose, like, I shouldn't even ever shoot a gun again. Still yeah. haven't done this bet. But I'm, honestly, what if he does, though? What if he just goes out there and rings it every time and just whoops my ass? He could. I mean, dude, I people could. are out there. You got to think about it. Like the old snipers back in the day. Yeah, they didn't have that. They didn't have the it's technology just, that we have right now. Oh no! Like, I just like shooting. Man, you have to come out when you when sometime maybe this summer or something. Come out, visit the properties, hang out. Yeah, record a podcast live once we get that up and going, and shoot some guns. Like my dad got oh, some yeah. fun. He got, got some fun guns. I got a lot of I got a lot of shit. So I could bring I could bring some stuff down. We could shoot. Yeah, and you could teach me some stuff about some land management. Like that's the cool thing about land management. Nobody has all the answers. Nobody. No. no. <laughs> like, you can get them, like, the big names out there, Jeff Sturgis, Don Higgins, and all them. Like, yeah, they know they're doing something right, but they they still don't know everything. Exactly. It's constantly evolving. There's constantly things that we're learning as we go along. Like, I planted those trees. Uh, yeah, that was, that was real cool, bro. You you put some work in. Good thing oh. you had a DeWalt. You were using the DeWalt, weren't you? Oh, yeah. That was right. good. I'm an electrician, big DeWalt guy. That saved my ass so much. I mean, I that's put how in... I used to do my scrape tree was with that same thing. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, I bought this auger off of Amazon for twenty bucks, and it saved me so much time. I put in three hundred holes in a matter of that's crazy, matter of probably two hours, and my dad was following me, putting them in, planting them. Uh, yep. So we had a good a good setup. I had two different colored flags. Uh, one flag. Yeah, that was like a good a, idea. I thought was, that was for like a bush, like a hazelnut elderberry, and the other ones were for like trees. And uh, we got those in, but the next day I went out, and about two dozen of them were dug up. Really? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what I was going to ask you and see if you had any idea if it was a coon or squirrel, like actual dug like, up, and like the tree was laying down. Yeah, <laughs> dug up yeah. tree tree right next to it, root all dried, all dead, and me pissed off so <laughs> didn't forget to plant it did you no <laughs> no no i got them all that, in. Honestly, i have no idea what would do that i mean that's i weird so the next day i went out i got fox i had fox piss and then i went to the local ace hardware and got some sort of spray i don't know if it even works to yeah keep i've off. seen that i've seen that the deer i think it's actually called deer repellent anyway. deer repellent yeah exactly I mean, I put them all over my apple trees because the deer are destroying the apple trees right now. One so, thing 
you're using small trees though, so I mean you could still do those. Uh, what do they call them? Like the tree containers? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not sure if that's going to be blocking the sun. Yeah, like as far trees. as I know, it should be fine because it makes it a greenhouse effect. As far as I know, I'm pretty that's, sure. That's a good point. Yeah, but because like right when we moved here, like. Like I told you, it was all hay fields, and that was yeah. one of the first things we did was put some parent persimmon trees out there, and most of them didn't make it. I think we got three out of, like, 12 trees that we planted that made it. But the wow. two that are in the middle field, because you, you usually have to have two or three, I believe, to bloom of the yeah. same, and they're starting to produce flowers this year, and they're about nice. 12 to 15 foot tall, so they might produce some trees. I think some deer pears. That'd be sweet. And then on the other side of that same field, I got – I planted – four of them one deer destroyed them because i didn't do nothing with them because i'm a tard mm-hmm. but uh i got three of them chestnut trees and then i plan this year i'm gonna get i'm getting my taxes got got a good tax return this year surprisingly. Like so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna spend a couple hundred bucks on some apple trees and some apples and pears because you gotta get that cross-pollination lucky i was in the negative that's what happens or i work multiple three, apple trees i work three jobs so yeah, uh, yeah, one one of them usually pays well, and the other two don't pay well enough to the to Uncle Sam and the government. So, yeah, I I got I don't know why, man. I got lucky this year. Like last year, I didn't make that much on my taxes, but this year worked quite a bit and got some good money. And I worked for it, so I'm gonna spend exactly it. good. Spend it. That's what I. That's what I'm gonna do. You know, I'm gonna spend it in good ways and hunting. Spend yeah. most of it on hunting, but. If I ever do get a positive return back one of these days, hopefully, um, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be straight into the property. You know, that's yeah. I have twenty five of it uh, rented out or leased out to the farmer. That'll and be awesome. Whatever, whatever you I said, you're going to try to keep some rows, right? Yeah, yeah. So if I, it's corn, honestly, I don't even know if I'd worry about it for soybeans. Yeah, he's doing. Because I feel like they would demolish. I don't know. It might be worth it depending on how much you're buying but he's doing he's doing beans this year so i told him to leave up uh two passes i mean those will get mowed down in a matter of a couple weeks but those couple weeks they'll be in there you know what i mean yeah and they're going to be keeping keeping the deer away from all my other stuff that i need to grow so all my trees that they're not going to browse so that's just another couple weeks to give them uh, give them some chances to live. But uh, what do you like more? I like asking people this because my theory has changed in the past about two years on it. Do you like corn or soybean ears? It's a good question. In terms of overall hunting, just because I hunt so many different types of animals here in Illinois, I hunt anything from dove to whitetail. Yeah. Personally, I would do corn. Okay. If I'm just, I hunt- used to be a diehard about corn. If I I'm think just, it's situational on the property. Yeah. If I'm just hunting whitetail, I'd be okay with beans, standing beans. Um, but corn, I mean, it's going to be great for rabbit. It's going to be great for yeah. dove. I mean, I was walking through the corn. They had corn this past year on the property, and I was walking through the down down corn and I was kicking dove up left and right so I'm excited mm-hmm. for the dove season to come through especially you killed a lot of dove over cornfields a lot the geese love the beans too so I it's a tough question but I'd probably take corn just because I just love standing corn there's nothing like it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could hurt you sometimes because I remember about uh, – she's probably been four or five years now. Our corn was standing until after gun season started. Yeah. Which is super late for us. It was just a really wet year that year, but it was a good year because not very many big bucks got killed. So that they passed that on. Exactly. That's where I'd be. I'd be hiding in the corn. Yep. That's why I, that's why I like planting the corn. It's just because it, it makes for extra bedding and extra screen and an edible screen. Yep, exactly. I mean, you could this get, was you my first year planting corn was last year, and it, it did wonders, man. It, I'm a big believer in doing it now. I mean, if you're able to plant the corn yourself, that's huge. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm relying on a farmer just because I, I wouldn't even know where to start. If you ever get into it, the cheapest that I've looked around a lot, the cheapest and like the best product I could find is from Mossy Oak Biologic. They're sweet corn hybrid. It's like the cheapest you can buy. It's like a one acre bag for like, shit, I might be wrong. It's like 35 or 60 bucks. I can't remember. Uh It's not bad. It's way cheaper than I went to all the farm stores, looked online. Yeah. It's an amazing seed. It's got like two or three different types of corn where one grows shorter, one grows taller. So, big believer in that. I I can't wait to dabble into all that stuff. This year is going to be the sort of the testing year on what I'm able to do and what I actually need in the coming years in terms of tools. Yeah, you know, I I don't have a cult packer or anything like that. Or I'm going to use, use my tractor tires for that. But if you have an ATV, same thing. I don't even have an ATV. It would have been helpful yeah. for this <laughs> this past week. Yeah, it's hard to do that then. Yeah, I was toting water around the whole damn time, trying to water all the trees by hand. So, my a good one for you would be like a buckwheat. Plant a buckwheat in the spring, and then uh, like if you have some type of mower, or you can just like possibly spray it. I don't know if you can just spray it, but uh, and then that's like a no-till where you don't have to have a tractor to till it up. You spread the seed and then put that buckwheat laying over right over top of it. It gives it that topsoil type of feel. Okay. Yeah, I bought a bag of Nebraska blend and I brought bought a brand of I think clover and chicory. Yeah, that's a big believer in clover, man. I had I I planted a few clover spots like this year I'm on uh it's just a small chunk basically down the road walking back to my other food plots that was three years ago and it's popping up tremendous. I'll have to send you a picture of it. Like it's really good already. Yes. And then those other ones I frosted, they're starting to pop up. And Which clover's weird. You like think it might be a bad year for it, or you might not have did it right, and boom, it'll blow up. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, it's going to be a test trial, basically. But, yeah, in terms of uh, heading back to Turkey, where's your I'll, – I'll ask a question here if you don't mind. Oh, ask away, brother. Where is your one state that you want to go? I mean, besides Kentucky, to go, go after some gobblers. Uh, honestly, probably has to be my home state of Utah, man. Go out out there and hunt some of them. Where where are they? Rio Rio Grande's out there. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, cause just I got family out there. I got my my little cousins. He's they're big hunters and stuff. Get out there with my uncle that I grew up with. He just moved out there like a year or two ago. And, I think that would be cool, just to kill that different type of turkey and to hunt them in, like, some Red Canyon mountains of Utah. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be sweet. And it, it'd be a whole different, because, I mean, they got trees there, but they don't got trees like we do. So it'd just be a whole different ball game. Like, I will not even know where to start. That's why. 
But, yeah, it'd probably be my go-to. Just go hunt a whole different type of turkeys and a beautiful, like, scenery. Like, there's not an ugly place in southern Utah. It's the most beautiful country I've ever been to. I, that's on my list. You know, you got the Grand Tetons and all those uh, yeah. different national parks. It's on my list, definitely. What, what's yours? Uh, Probably, I'd probably say, like, Nebraska or Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably say Nebraska. I think next year we're going to try to hit Georgia. So if you ever want to, bro, come tag along with us. Yeah, hell yeah. You And it comes in really early. You uh, offer up the invite, I'll I'll come on down. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I've never hunted out of state besides uh, Nebraska for pheasant. Everything's been yep. sort of Illinois. See, that's I wanna... what I want to I do, man. Like, I want to ha- be the white-tailed bloodline, but I want to make it like Angelo goes white tail bloodline on our thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get a bunch of guys to come hunting because I have a passion for filming. Like I've said, my whole life, I love filming. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just, me having a camera, I'm one of those guys. Like, that's one of those things I'm just really confident about. Like, if you're hunting and I'm filming, the only thing you got to worry about is, are you on them? My job yeah. is to film. Your job is to yeah. kill that deer. If I'm I not film, filming him while you're shooting him, I'm not doing my job. Yeah, I should have you up here then, man. If you ever, uh, let's do it, man. Let's, let's try to work out some this year. I'll drive up and come film. I'd love that, dude. I, you know, I'm I'm starting to slowly get into the self filming. It was so tough this past this past uh, deer season. I actually got it on film with the Tacticam, and I got like the re- reaction footage yeah. with my iPhone facing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I just like hunting with somebody too because it passes the time and you don't get bored. And if you want to get down, you have another person to give you some shit. Like, really, you pussy? Hell yeah! Because I, I remember me and Dylan were hunting this year, right? And we're sitting in that cornfield right on top of this ridge, and the wind's blowing right at us. I'm cold as shit, but I was not going to be the one to tap out. And it's only about an hour and a half, two hours after light, and Dylan's finally like, "Dude, are you cold?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty cold." He's like, "You want to go?" I'm like, "Dude." I was waiting for you to say it. I was going to say it. But I was like, let's get out of here, bro. It's too fucking cold. He's like, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me no. Yeah. That's, that sounds like me with my dad. You know, he uh, he's a trooper. He goes out there with me as much as he can. Yeah. And we'll, we'll be sitting together. I like calling for him and, you know, doing all the rattling and stuff like that. Just because yeah. I just like how you enjoy filming, I enjoy pulling in animals to, you know, somebody yeah. else. And it was that one time where it was just super cold, super cold. And it was like 8.30. We were sitting for, for probably about two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, <laughs> And I Dude, looked so at it's, it's the wind for me, man. Yeah. That new property we got, it's just yeah. where the cornfield is, is. That's the only flat spot that it drops off on both sides. So that wind rips through it. Yeah. The wind is not my dad's friend. It's not my friend either. I mean, I don't have the best gear either. I sort of wear my gear all the way. I wear it out to, you know, all of it has holes in it. Just oh, dude, I've had clothes for years and years. I wear them until they, they wear out or somebody buys me something new. Yeah, it's expensive. I just. And I like that old school, school camel. Like, if you ever go back on my Insta and look at them, it's that mossy oak. The mossy oak, yeah. It's the mossy oak breakup. It's like real dark mm-hmm. camel. I love that pattern. Oh, yeah. season, dude. Love it. And it's a a warm jacket for being how old it is. It's an actual reversible. Like you can reverse it. It's kind of like a nicer looking jacket, which is kind of cool. That's that's when stuff was built well. Now it's it's all brand name. You know, I 
I'm with uh, Scentlock right now as like a brand ambassador, which is pretty cool. Yep, I've always, dude, I've always liked Scentlock, and after you did that, I started looking up. They're not bad. They're not no. bad price. No, and they I got mean, all the mossy oak that I like. So I think honestly, with tax money, that's probably what I'm gonna spend is get me yeah. some new camo. Yeah, exactly. I'm. I'll never spend a ton of money on Sitka gear or any of that other stuff. Way I cheaper. I yeah, exactly. Way cheaper. And they've been around good, for way longer. Good quality stuff. Yep. And uh, I purchased a couple more stuff just to complete the uh, the sort of look. Yeah, but uh, I like yeah. Scentlock, man. I've honestly always been a believer in Scentlock. Uh, my uncle's always rock Scentlock, the person I grew up hunting with. So I just yeah. didn't want to pay the money. It used to be more expensive. They've dropped from what they used to be. Yeah, and they got you know a ton of closeout sales. Uh, those sales take advantage right now, of those. Right now, I was looking at it. You can buy a whole like a whole set of nice clothes for less than two hundred bucks. Exactly, if you're the right size that they have. I mean, I just got uh, two jackets for early season uh, hunting for probably about one one forty. Yeah, that ain't bad at all, bro. No, two jackets. That's, yeah, yeah, and it's Scentlock, man. Scentlock's been around for a long time. Like Scentlock used to be the thing to wear. Yeah, I, it still is. Like, don't get me wrong, it still is. Like, honestly, that's probably what I'm gonna switch to, just because they still have that mossy oak pattern that I like. Mm-hmm. The old school. Yep. I'm just, I don't know why, man. I've always been a Montio guy. That's my dream is to either get sponsored by somebody like Scentlock where I can rock the Montio or actual Montio. Big dreams, but you got to have big dreams. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I went into this sort of just getting to know people and just sort of put my story out there. And, you know, not everybody that hunts is from the country. You know, it could be yeah. from straight downtown Chicago. Yeah, I grew up in the country most of my life, bro. My dad... Grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Unreal. What brought him out? To, so you went to Virginia, right? And then came to Indiana. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a story on my dad. It's pretty cool. Semi-quick one. Uh, he grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. Went on a blind date with my mom. And my dad's younger than my mom, but he's, he's, all, he's like that dude that always looked older to grow a beard at 14, 64. Yeah. Got that country boy build, even though he ain't country. Uh-huh. But he's always had a passion for hunting. But he, uh, he's like, he'd go rabbit hunting and squirrel hunting and stuff when he was a kid with some uncles and stuff. But uh, just never got into big game. And then went on a blind date somehow. I honestly can't remember with my mom. They hit it off, blah, blah, blah. They get married pretty quick. Uh, shotgun wedding. Because uh, knocked up and had my sister. Biggest blessing of my dad's life, for sure. <laughs> and, uh Met my mom, and my mom's family is some diehard, like, true cowboys, bro. Like, I go out there, and, like, I'm a, like I'm one of the most country people. Not country, but, like, out there doing country shit in my area yeah. that I know. Yeah. And then I go out there, and I'm just like, what are you doing, you fucking little city boy from Indiana? Like, <laughs> they, they legit have free-range cattle and stuff. But, uh, yeah, so my dad met them. He fell in love with hunting, fell in love with my mom's baby brother, and they've been friends ever since. He's followed my dad around working everywhere, running a CNC machine for my dad. Nice. And uh, they took him on a cougar hunt one time. I think it was just to fuck with my dad to see if he was, like, good enough to be in the family. And my dad said he was, like, probably the scariest he ever been. He said my grandpa took him down, like, basically a straight downhill on some horses just to see if he would do it and stuff like that. Jeez. So that's where I, I get that diehard, like, killer instinct is from my mom's side. But she's not a big hunter. My mom's never cared about hunting. 
She'll yeah. cook the food. She ain't going to clean or nothing. She'll cook it, but she just no, never went hunting with my mom one time, but she loves it. She supports all of us for doing it. She's just not her thing. Isn't that – that's crazy. Is I mean, very similar to my, my family. My dad, you know, grew up in a hunting family. My mom, not so much. But the support that we get from them, it's crazy. Like I got – dude, that's – I got to bless my family, man. I have yeah. the best family ever. I really yeah. do. It's It's great. I mean, that's what I sort of look for, like in a partner, look for like with yep. friends, as long as they're supportive of what you do, they don't constantly bash what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Hunting is, you know, it's not, it's not roses, you know, it's, it's not easy. Yeah. The people that hate on hunters, honestly, know nothing about hunters. No, exactly. They know nothing about hunters. I, I don't know if the about... facts are facts are true about it but i truly believe it's honestly it's gotta be true hunters do more for animals than anybody it's gotta yeah. be true right with with yes. tax money tag our clothes like people like me tags. and you doing conservation trying to bring back these habitats yeah so let me put it this way if there was no habitat for us to hunt yep. you know where are we going to hunt of course we're going to want to keep these you know public lands these private lands all these you know fence rows up Otherwise, we're not going to be able to enjoy what we enjoy. So why would we want to destroy, you know, the timber and all these different places that we hunt? It, yep. just, does, it just doesn't make sense. I, I just don't know how they don't understand. They just I don't, don't care. Know. No. Yeah. I, I mean, care to look it up. I mean, they care. They just don't care to, like, actually, like, look up what we do. I don't lack I, of knowledge. I just don't understand it. You yeah. know, it's, it's the trophy hunting that sort of pisses them off too you know they'll see pictures of people holding up a lion i have nothing against trophy hunting nothing against it that's what i do i go out to go kill the biggest buck you know biggest turk biggest turkey yeah i'm right there with you but there's a few animals i'm just like why the fuck you gotta kill that i'm not even gonna lie even me like yeah like a giraffe like why kill a giraffe yep yep 100 percent. i would never there's only a few animals honestly only a few animals that i even think of that but like because I'm an animal lover. Like, that's one thing people don't understand about hunters. Most hunters are animal lovers. Of course. I mean, you know, like, I love the deer. The deer is my favorite animal behind a wolf. Yeah. I mean, you pattern them. You know what they're doing. You know, you know when they're feeding. You know when to go to the bed. You know, you understand the whitetail better than any other individual, you know, off the street does. Yep. And think about, like, how much it bums you out. Say you find out your neighbor shot your buck or you find your buck dead or like the reasons you don't want to find out a, a buck died it yeah. legit kind of bothers you for a while or you you miss a buck or you hit him bad like it'll beat you up yeah i mean just with this roadkill i mean the roadkill is right in front of my property and uh what i didn't mention on the story was it had two fawns in it really you know that's three deer just done dead didn't even have a chance uh that that was tough you know i've never seen you know two fawns in an actual you know doe before i shot a i shot a doe one time in virginia big old doe actually doubled down shot a doe and uh yeah a smaller doe right next to her shot them both right next to each other and gutted her and she had fawns and i was like wow it was i was pretty young i was like that's i feel bad for shooting her now yeah like pretty uh, big. It blew my mind how big they were already. I mean, how how early was it, or late in the season was it? Yeah. See that that proves that some does breed early. That's crazy. 
but that was the only time I ever had that. Yeah, it did though. Like when we did that, I was like, Ooh, that was one of the biggest moments in my hunting. I was like, oh, wow, I feel actually bad. Yeah, I mean, I never after you know a harvest, I'm never like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I killed this animal. Like I feel, I feel some sort of grief a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just it's like a respect. Like, yeah, you have to have that respect for the animal, yep. or you're, I, you shouldn't I, be doing it. I bless, you know, all the animals that I get. I'm, you know, come from a religious family, so we have like the holy water in our cars. We take that out, we bless it. Um, yeah, yeah we always say like, a, like when we're eating them and stuff, hope it nourish and strengthen our body. Yeah, I mean, we appreciate it. They're feeding our families, or you know, sort of keeping us going for that whole year. Yeah, um, yeah. Hey, and some hunters throughout the country, dude, they legit like survive on deer meat every year. There's a lot of people out there. That's the way that I want to go. Yeah, I I tell. That's how it was when we grew up. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true. I mean, I don't want to. I'm trying to get away from buying stuff at the store in terms of you know beef. I definitely could with the amount of meat that I get off of the deer. I mean, this roadkill, I got 60, 60 plus pounds off of her. And on an average size deer, I probably get close to 80, 80 to a hundred. Yeah. yeah. See, that's awesome. That you did that. That's like far and in between making sure that that deer got the respect it deserved, man. It shouldn't just die there and rot, which that is the way of life. Don't get me wrong. It yep. has to happen. The, the bugs eat it. The coyotes eat it. Coyote shit and the dairy eat the grass that the coyote shit yeah. in. But yeah, yeah, man, that's that's why I like talking to you, Angelo. Man, we we think very very similar. Yeah, I agree, man. It's it's just the way that we grew up. You know, I'm not gonna leave that animal in the middle of the road. You know, for the person to hit it and just yeah. leave it. I went up there to go drag it off, and I realized it was still warm. I'm like, oh shit. I'm going to call this you in. Say you, yeah, yeah, talk about that. What would you have to go through for that? So you just call. I called the state police uh, just because I've never done that before. So I called them up. They thought I hit the deer. I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm fine. I just found this deer, man. I'm hungry. It's yeah. Like, she, she was warm. We're going to get some dinner. Right? Oh, oh hold on. Yeah. Did you she hear was this take... fucking dude from Illinois? <laughs> she was taken back. She's like, wait, what? You want to take this deer that i'm like yeah i mean this obviously happened fresh i mean happened this morning when i was out there early in the morning wasn't there and when i left it was there so it obviously happened uh and she's like yeah just call it in you register it through the illinois dnr you put where you got it from all your information you take it home i'm like all right simple enough Got it in the car, got my dad, gutted it out, brought it home. I had it butchered and in the freezer in an hour and a half. So, hey, you skinned a couple deer then, brother. What was that? I said, you skinned a couple deer. That's pretty quick. I'm, I'm not, uh, not to brag, but I'm pretty damn quick with it. Yeah, that's what I'm getting into more this year because, uh, that's all the time, what... I'm just so busy, man. So I'm just like, I'd rather pay than do it. But then they messed up my nah. mountain stuff. So I'm just not taking chances no bring, more. Bring me down. I'll show you everything that I know in terms of skinning deer. I could skin a deer and probably get it all quartered up and everything deboned within an hour and a half. Shit, I might as well just call you when I shoot a deer because you'll get it done quicker than me doing it by yeah, the time I, you get here. I mean, I have neighbors drop <laughs> off. The, I have neighbors drop off their deer. They'll drop it off, and I'll just get it done for him. I love it so much. You know, I learned that from my uncle. He's uh, unfortunately not here anymore. 
Um, we have a nice, nice picture of him deboning a, a hind quarter right in front of us while we're doing it. But yeah, man, you, you ever need anything done? You know, we make uh, summer sausage. Uh, See, that's the part I haven't gotten into. I know how to skin it, but I've I've never got into like the fine butchering after the deboning. Like my dad usually does that. Yeah, and that's all I do. I mean, though, the whole family will harvest the deer, and I tell them just step back. Let me let me get at it. I'll be out there for a couple hours a night, and I I love I love doing it. That's what I want yep. to do when I retire. I want to op- open up a butcher shop and just do that for the rest of my life. So, hey, you ain't gonna hunt much, bro. We got a few guys out here that do it, and they make good money, but they ain't got much time to hunt. Oh no, I'll find time. I'll close this, close the shop. Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. find time. Yeah, you Hell let yeah. me know. I'm happy to come down there, and I'll make the drive to show to show you what yeah. to do. That'd be fun, dude. Like, definitely, like, have to meet you in person sometime this year. And like, yeah. if it's me, drive out there for a a weekend plus a couple of days to film you smacking one of them big old Illinois studs. I'm definitely down, bro. Like you'll, you'll that's my goal for this year is to get some footage. Yeah. You'll, you'll have a place to stay. Nothing to worry about in terms of that. You know, you just let me know. I'm looking forward to, to making some uh, awesome hunting memories and getting some of my yeah. buddies, getting my, some of my buddies out there, getting some of my family out there. So yeah, I'm looking, looking forward to it, man. Yes, sir. So, all right, let's end it with a couple turkey questions. Go for if, it. If you're on some farmland, some farmland, like private land, we should say, wherever yes. it is, what do you think you should do? Like, what would you do right when you get on this property? You've never scouted it. You know there's turkeys on it, supposedly. But, like, yeah. what are you going to do? I'm heading to low ground. Low ground. Okay. If it's, I mean, if it's, if it's a hillier region. If it's just flat ag, I mean, I'm going to sort of just wait it out and just listen, do a couple locator calls if I can, owl or something like that. But if it's hill, I'm going down. That's where I'm going to go straight to the bottom because usually they're just going to get out of the roost and go go downhill. So that's what I would do. Okay. Uh, so what are you doing for the ridge turkeys? I know that you, you got more experience doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So ridge, I stay up top for the beginning. You know, probably okay. early in the morning, early in the morning, probably around. So sunrise, 630. I'm starting to hear them gobble around, I don't know, six o'clock, 545. I yeah. figure out where they're at up top and I'll circle around and make my way down low. Okay. okay. Hey, I move, I move around quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of have to, unless you like know your property, you know, turkeys are just going to have to come through at some point. And, and that's the thing that's different between, you know, private property and public i mean i yep, know this yep. property like the back of my hand so i'm able to do these things whereas if you threw me out into public land hell i wouldn't even know where to start yep yep I mean, exactly so that's I, what we're diving into this this year even if we kill one opening day we're gonna go hit that public just for that other challenge and just yeah. for like the fun of it i mean i could be a great hunter on private land but i listen to these guys that hunt public i give them so much credit for what they do that's exactly what I've always said. I, I feel like I'm honestly a pretty damn good hunter on private, and that's why I'm excited to, like, actually dive hard into public land this year, see what I what skills I actually have. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's hopefully down the road for me, too. What else yeah. do you got? I don't know, man. You got any anything off the top of your head? Any questions you got for me? Any questions? Any questions? Yeah, if you had to pick a – a gauge that you had to use a lot of people go with 12 gauge 
What gauge would you go with? Oh, bro, I'm a diehard 12 gauge man. 12 gauge. Uh, other than deer, other than deer, if it's a, if it's a shotgun, I'm going 20 gauge slug for deer. But turkey, 12 gauge, yeah. more lead, more yeah. firepower. More let it, let it fly, out. baby. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. That's why I use three and a half inch. I wish I could chamber three and a half. All I can chamber is three for the weather be. That's how it is with my gun. I got a Remington, yeah. uh, just a normal. It's not a wingmaster. I don't think it's just a Remington 870. It's mm-hmm. a turkey gun now. It's mo- it's like the best turkey gun we have, honestly. But I don't got a good choke on it. We bought the Mossberg choke, so we're gonna carry the Mossberg. If you had to compete in a national, you know, turkey calling contest, what would be your go-to call? Oh, gotta get the crystal glass call, man. Got okay. to. I just love it. I've just used it since I was about 10 years old. I'm 28, so I've got about 18 years of experience using it. And that's about the only call. Like, I've dabbled in mouth calls, you know, and I've dabbled on box calls to try to get a gobble. Mm-hmm. But that's what I have on my hand. Until I can honestly know that turkey's getting real close or see him, that that uh, glass call sitting in my hand. Yeah. You can get away with that movement. That ain't much movement. Until they're pretty close. And uh, I just like that. I just love the sound of it. It's just yeah, like, it's, a, it's, it's a crisp. Just, it's yeah, crisp. It's crisp, crisp sound. Yep. I don't know, man. It, and it, I've never one time ever had a turkey gobble in the morning where I'm semi-close and hit that slate. It depends. Sometimes you have to do a different one. Like sometimes a Yelp will get them. Sometimes mm-hmm. usually that. Oh, yeah. Talking about that yeah. gets them to gobble right before sunrise or right at sunrise 90% of the time. That's a good. It's a good go-to. I got. I got one more. I mean, it's just just hunting in general. Okay. I follow, you know, blood origins and all that. Um, and they always ask that question: on Why do you hunt? Like, what's That's a good one? That's deep. Yeah. I mean, I love when they talk about. It. I hear all their stories that the people that they bring they bring on. But why do you? Why do you hunt? Why do I hunt? That's a good one. Honestly. I feel like I got a couple plans for this. Yeah. One, I just think it's like it's in our DNA to be killers, man. That's it's like true. a one thing, like from the beginning of time, people killed meat to, or killed animals to get meat. And I don't know what it is. I just think I came from like some part of the killer bloodline because that's just always been engraved in my mind. Like, yeah, my, my dad was was a hunter and everything. And he was always talking about hunting, but it was just what I was always interested in, bro. Like, in middle school, I broke up with girlfriends. So like, you want to hunt too much? You can pick hunting or me. I'm like, well, girl, I've known you for about a year. I've been hunting since I was eight, and I'm only ten. That's two years. Come on. <laughs> and uh, just That's the true. people you meet and the rush, just my favorite thing on the planet. There yeah. is nothing like, not even like the killing aspect. Like a lot of people want to get past that. Like, oh, I harvest here, and honestly, I can't even lie. I started saying that for a while. Just to like be right, and then I was thinking about. It. I'm like, dude, you don't harvest. You're a killer. Yeah, like, you kill. Yeah, and I just end up now, like where I'm at now with like the bloodline getting where it's at, doing this podcast. I just love talking, like talking with you, bro. Like I just love it, man. Just seeing people's different perspectives on it, and honestly, my goal is to kind of, I want to kind of change the hunting industry a little bit. I want to, like, make people realize that you don't have to be so fucking perfect and post yeah. all these perfect pictures with the digital camera. That's why I post the way I post. Yeah. I post real shit. 
that the average day guy posts. Yep. And then I talk to average day guys on the podcast. Like in the future, I'm definitely going to try to get some big guys on here. You know what I mean? Just because it'd be awesome to talk with them. Yeah. But at the mm-hmm. moment where I'm at now, I just want to talk with everyday, normal, just great hunters that have a passion for it that don't really get their voice out there as much. And I want to be the voice for that average everyday hunter. And that's perfectly put. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get, you know what all my stories out there if it wasn't for podcasts like yourself or you know pages like yourself um you know the reason the reason i hunt is for the camaraderie a that's that's the main thing that i do it for just how many people can you sit down and just talk for an hour and a half two hours about a topic Oh, like right now bro we're going on over an hour and a half exactly we could keep going but yeah I mean, we all, we have lives and we gotta, we gotta get to work the next day, but, um, I do it for that. And then also I do it for, you know, sort of the peacefulness of being out there and just being one with the nature. I mean, I need that because like, I'm a very carefree person, but I, I just need my, like, honestly, usually I don't like my alone time. Like I like being around people, but when it comes to hunting, that's just like my zen. Yeah. That's I agree. I'm like an extrovert. I need to be around people. I need to socialize. But when it comes to hunting and on the weekend, I'm sorry, but all my plans are canceled. I'm out there. I'm, you know, I might be on my phone, but what I'm doing on my phone is either a taking videos of, you know, nature or posting something about that. You know, I'm not on there looking at sports or looking at, you know, social media or anything like that. I'm out there (laughs) focusing on hunting and nature in general. So yeah one yeah. funny story dude like that morning i killed my buck this year i don't think i was gonna see nothing it was getting semi late in the morning and usually our mornings like happen pretty quick on that property so yeah. i'm sitting there like putting my phone on my video camera strapping it up with a bungee so i can get some cool pictures get some cool pictures of me sitting there and then little i don't know like 20 minutes later that buck was running by and honestly i was on my phone swear to god i was on my phone yeah. when i saw him and if it wasn't for these birds, like, I was just sitting here looking at my phone, and I could see out of my peripherals in front of me, and saw about 20 blackbirds fly up, so it got my attention, didn't see nothing, bam, he popped out of uh, the tall grass into that oats field, and I was like, holy shit, turn the camera on, now I'm going to have to send you that video, I told you about it last time, but I'll have to send it to you, the noises yeah. I make, I'm going to have to do an interview, like, I'm going to post it on my YouTube, <laughs> but I'm going to have to do an interview about it, because it is like like the best video ever for like in the moment you don't know what the fuck you're gonna do you're like oh shit (laughs) like the first one i go to get him to stop he doesn't do it i go he stops looks back where he came from because like i said last time little did i know he just got spooked so we heard that he's like yep that was a human yeah doing his like small trot and then i'm like whistling squeaking any noise in the book and his buck's like what is this shit and then I was like, all right, this is my one shot. That's where I think he's at. I can see his head. Boom, let it fly. No way. And it's crazy how quick it happens. Like, from seeing that buck to shoot was about 15 seconds, I think. Yep. That's all it takes. Yep. And, like, what we're saying, I mean, deer, deer I mean, they come in when you don't expect it. Always. Not always, but every <laughs> almost every big buck I've ever shot. Actually, top four big bucks I've ever shot were – didn't think it was going to happen and just boom oh shit there's a deer have you ever had had it where you get up 
You're like, ah, oh, I got to take a piss. I haven't seen anything all day. Get up. Get ready to take a piss. You look up, and here comes here comes a deer. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Damn it. Dude, if I had a dollar for every time I was sleeping, got woken up by deer walking or breathing. <laughs> One of the biggest bucks ever, bro. I'm sitting in this climber way up in it. I'm like, I ain't going to see shit. Or it might have been a difference. Now I'm getting... I get stories mixed up, but I'm sleeping mm-hmm. and legit got woken. I'm like, I swear to God, that was a grunt. So I wake up, I'm listening, heard it again, turn around, don't see nothing, just kept watching. And then this big old, uh, I think it was an 11 point, walks up right on this doe. And that was the first time I moved my stand. He legit walked uh, five feet by the stand my tree was on for like three years. Uh, but I saw him walking by like two times. Right before that, so I moved it about 80 yards, and he was right there under my tree. That's how it happens. I always say go back the next day. If you feel like you're going to be wanting to change spots, go back to the same spot. Yeah. Have you, all right, listen to this. This is, this is a big thing for me. I've killed many deer doing this throughout my life, and I've missed giant bucks doing it too. You ever uh-huh. been sitting in a stand, and you get that weird time, 10, 11 o'clock, and you're like, I just get that feeling to go walking. You ever, you ever had that? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I just posted that post on when you feel like you have to go walk and stay. <laughs> Bro. But every time I do it, I have shot at the biggest bucks other than that one I was just talking about right. doing that. Just get up, go walking and then just happen to walk right up. Not, it's never right up on them. They're usually a couple hundred yards and I got a gun in my hand and they're okay. so damn big. And this is when I was younger. This is like in my high school days. I'm like, I'm letting it fly. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've always kicked up dough. I've never kicked up any monsters. I mean, the one oh, that comes to, the one that comes to mind was I was checking traps. So I run traps at the same time that I'm going for deer. So mm-hmm. I'm running traps on this ridge, and I see a bunch of you know deer running in in the field below me. It was probably. 10 minutes after sunset and there's still enough you can see and i'm just i just draw out a grunt just for the hell of it just to see what they do and i mm-hmm. hear a twig crack i look to my right and this absolute moose with chocolate antlers i'm like holy shit yeah maybe 15 yards away from me starts walking down the trail right at me i don't have a gun Ugh. i'm like what i'm like no way absolutely huge he was a huge 10 point dark ass antlers i mean for illinois we yeah. have you know i love them dark antlers they're very rare in our area Ugh. i love them bro that's my favorite never saw him again never have seen a darker set of antlers before in my life and that was bro, like, the, the two biggest bucks i've seen on my parents property and the conjoining properties that i can hunt were both getting out of the stand and went walking yeah jumped one up one i walked back i walked in the field and this was late season muzzleloader. And one of these does or a couple of these does must, must have been hot because this was a freaky buck. Just had kickers going everywhere. Easy uh, 140. Easy 140. That's just like easy. And he's at 200 yards and running right toward me. And I didn't see these deer until I'm legit kind of standing in the field. I'm probably three to five feet out in the field a little bit. Yeah. And uh, they're running in. So I dropped to a knee. I start aiming. And they. I think they got my wind. I think the wind was blowing at him. He goes off and. Turns turns around about 180, and I was like, I gotta let it go. I wasn't didn't practice enough back then to be as confident, but he was just mm-hmm. so big, and these properties being so high pressure, 
let that one fly. And then another one, this big old buck, I'm walking uh, after a morning hunt. I'm walking back right up this tree line, going back to my parents' house, jump up this buck and knowing the property, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can scoot around him before he'll get down there. So I take off walking up the hill and then take off running all the way around and scoot around him. And just exactly like I thought, I walked through this little tree line on this road and he pops mm-hmm. up 30 yards away and I'm with a scope on a muzzleloader and I swing it up and missed him. Yeah, that's where open sights you wish you had. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that'd have been a game changer. I grew up using open sights on some running deer, but you get a scope, good fucking luck. No, you can't find them. Uh-uh. That's but. why I like open sights. I can see everything around me. I mean, the area yep. that I, area that I hunt, I don't need a scope. I mean, the farthest yeah. I could shoot is probably about 70 yards in terms of oh, yeah, you shooting lanes. So I just use open sights. I mean, I used muzzleloader this past year, and I put one through at, I think, probably 75 yards, and it was fine. So, yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, Angela, man. Like always, bro, it's way too easy talking. Me and you could stay up until 1 o'clock my time, but our girl's probably mad at us. Yeah, exactly. And I'd probably be mad at myself for wake, when I wake up for work in the morning. So. Yeah. I I mean, it's always a pleasure, man. Always happy hey. to be on here. Always happy to talk with you. So we'll do it again yep. soon. Definitely have to do it again soon. Hopefully, me and you both uh, have some turkey talk to talk about. Hopefully, we, we put some down. Hopefully, Dylan does. We'll probably talk before Indiana comes in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll man, see. I'm excited. I appreciate you a lot, brother. We, we stay in touch. So I know I'll hear from you. Definitely, man. Good luck this weekend. Keep me posted. Uh, get, get your guy, get your guy a gobbler, all right? Yeah, yes, sir. Hopefully, I'll get him too, brother. I appreciate you, Angelo. All right, man. You have a good night. All right, brother. See you, man.